0: We'd like to welcome you to our Emergency Freedom Alerts for January 2nd, 2023, our first teaching for 2023, and I'll go ahead and start us out with the uh, warfare prayers that we rotate, prayer to neutralize occult rituals. Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth, seated at the right hand of the Father, we come in the authority given to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. We place a hedge of warring angels with flaming swords of fire around us and our families continuously. We put on the whole armor of God. We resist and renounce Satan, the God of this earth. We rise to war by the power of the Holy Spirit against witchcraft, occult maneuvers, and devices sent against your will and the body of Christ. We ask you to dispatch legions of warring angels in full battle array to enforce our petitions and intercessory prayers route your enemies on all fronts turn their hatred anger accusations conflict arrogance and wicked schemes upon themselves so that they could become caught in their own snares and fall into the very pits they have intended for others we nullify cancel oppose every satanic operation scheme maneuver and strategy cause secret plans agendas and motivations of the enemy to be revealed for everyone to see We decree and declare that what these evil people and entities meant for evil, you will turn it around and use it for the good of your people. We close every evil portal that has been opened by them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood, we break and cancel every curse, spell, hex, vex, charm, enchantment, decree spoken or unspoken sent against the body of Christ, the innocent, and your intercessors by every witch, warlock, Satanist, sorcerer, voodoo, priest, shaman, soothsayer, medium, coven, and every minion of the devil working iniquity. May they fall into the very pits they have dug for others. Lord Jesus, reveal your love to them. Save those that can be saved. Show them the truth about who they are serving and their eternal destination if they continue in this present path. Open their minds and eyes to receive the supernatural spiritual insight and knowledge to understand the truth of the gospel. Bring them to salvation, Lord, if it be possible. We seal this prayer by the blood of the Lamb, and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Okay, so... Getting right into it, I've got a ton to cover today, just to see how far I can get here. Um, this was from a, uh, a longtime listener. Um, and <clears throat> it's a comment about how it is good, essentially, for Christians to celebrate the religious Jewish ho- holidays or holy days of Hanukkah. Plus my reply. So, she says, this is a 49-minute video for, by a rabbi. So right, right off the bat I'm like okay so this guy's bound up in a essentially and and I don't exactly know the, the the whole the full background of this rabbi but we know there's going to be a lot of most likely false religion at play here um just from that standpoint alone and I've done more teachings At at least initially, I've taken more heat from the ones I've done on the Hebrew Roots movement, which would essentially, if he's Hebrew Roots, which I'm assuming that he is, I probably took more heat from those teachings than any other thing I've ever put up on the internet. And that was kind of early on. If you just came Hebrew Roots in the search box at ContendingForTruth.com, I mean, it's just... I've seen more people early on, especially when, when I was coming out of the Pentecostal, circles um not really my time in the baptist church but coming out of pentecostalism there's so much overlap and deception and traps of the enemy in regard to pentecostalism charismania so much overlap between hebrew roots movements and um these types of things i saw so many people get bound up in this and get ensnared in it i saw it firsthand i saw what it did to people and invariably i never saw it produce good fruit ever because it always turned into pride and it always turned into i've got to do more i've got to do this i've got to celebrate the feast days i've got to wear the prayer shawls i've got to do all the little jewish tokens and things that they end up doing because they feel like they're they're doing a better job and eventually it, it or really what it boils down to from my perspective is that it boiled down to works-based religion it boiled down to earning your way um earning your salvation and i know there's a lot of people that would be in that that would deny everything that i just i'm just telling you what i observed i've been there done it i was in hardcore charismania for a good amount of time um and that was commingled with a lot of the hebrew root stuff i would i would consider this just part of this hanukkah i would consider that just part of this um so i'm going to give you my full response here but she says in the thing, if you have Christian friends who don't know anything about Hanukkah, this would be a good introduction by a rabbi, okay, who's, who's got all kind of leaven in his doctrine, guaranteed. Anybody that would call themselves rabbi and is going to tell you why you as a Christian need to celebrate Hanukkah, um, I don't need to know much more than that to know that there's multiple red flags, with what I'm seeing here. And I'm going to get into my full response in a second. And then she says, I wrote two interesting articles on Haraka." See, here's the thing that, that people don't understand. We're all going to stand before God, okay? Either at the judgment seat of Christ or the great white throne judgment. Ju- great white throne judgment is for unsaved, okay? And judgment seat of Christ is for the saved. And we're going to have to give an account, me included, and every single thing we did to influence other people either negative or positive we're going to have to you know give an account for that um there is rewards at the judgment seat of christ but you could also have built your foundation on wood hair stubble and those will all be burned up and you'll be saved yet so as by fire is the way this the word the word of god describes it and then that that's a whole other study into itself i don't want to really go Far into that because I'm just trying to cover this one subject today. But I believe as Christians, we have to be careful what we're even forwarding to other people. Um, Because what way are you influencing them? You could say that you're led of God. And I see this all the time. I was led of the Holy Spirit to do this. I'm going to get into an article from, uh, I don't know if it's next to that, that John Ramirez guy, the, the supposed ex-warlock. And how they... It's so prevalent in particularly Hebrew roots and Charismania and Pentecostalism to say God led me or the Holy Spirit. You need to be really careful about what you're saying the Holy Spirit told you to do. The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, which was the only unforgivable sin by that Jesus talked about, was essentially when you were attributing the works of the devil to the Holy Spirit, okay? Meaning, if you're not, and I'm not saying this is blaspheming the Holy Spirit, what she's doing. I'm not saying that. It's just, when when you start bantering around, the Holy Spirit led me to do this, and you're clearly an heir, and it's so easy to point out how clearly an heir you are. I, I can, at bare minimum, you're grieving the Holy Spirit, but you're giving the holy spirit this false credit for something he never ever prompted you to do yet in your own heart you think that's the holy spirit because well the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it you need to compare it with scripture and making sure you're standing on the full authority of the word of god i'm going to i'm going to share my case on this and you can judge between whatever, uh, me and this um, listener. She says, email me and I will send them to you. So she wrote two articles on Hanukkah, trying to evidently convince uh, other Christians that they need to be bound up in this these Jewish holy days. Okay. By the way, Jesus was a Jew, and he honored the celebration. We're going to get into that. There's only one mention of it in the New Testament, we'll get into that. If you don't want to spend the 49 minutes watching the video, I can email you two articles. They are a fast read. Now, I've, you have to understand something, too. I have received numerous, numerous, numerous emails from this um, lady over the years, okay? And I have tried to correct her on I don't know how many occasions, and she just keeps putting out this stuff. and this is a big problem and i'm just gonna say this I, i'm I, I tend to have this problem more with women than men a lot more i'm just gonna say it okay i'm not coming down on females i'm not rebuking all my female listeners i'm not doing anything of the kind but i just tend to have that problem more i'm sorry i mean it's i'm not I'm, i mean am i therefore becoming your enemy because i tell you the truth i'm just telling you this tends to happen more with, I believe, females that are not under any kind of real Christian, godly headship. Okay? And if that loses me a ton of listeners, I'm really sorry. I'm not here to, to win any kind of popularity con- contest. I see more heresy come from women. Now, I'm not saying there's not tons of men that, that are or whatever. Okay? The Bible alludes to this re- with regarding Adam and Eve. You know, where Eve was actually deceived. Adam kind of knew what he was doing, but he went along with it anyway. Whereas Eve was deceived. And this is why I believe everything has to be done in decency and in order. And I think that's why it's so important for women to be under some type of biblical hedge, especially if they're putting stuff out, out like this. Because if you're not, then it's like it would be better for you not to put it out at all than for you to run off half cock. Now, I'm not saying there's not men that do this too. Okay, but by far, I have more problems and have had more problems over the years with women who think they're doing something led of God, led of the Holy Spirit. And there is no talking them out of nothing. There is no it doesn't matter how many scriptures I show them. It does not matter. Their minds made up. Don't confuse them with the facts. It's not it's not all the women i'm dealing it's not even the majority okay so i'm not again i'm not saying this is some blanket statement over i'm rebuking all my women i'm not it is a it's a it's a small percentage but the ones that i have problems with the majority of it comes from that demographic and i can tell right that they're not under any kind of biblical headship they're doing something out of their own heart and remember the heart is potentially deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it I have I've been dealing with this ever since I've been in ministry. Okay. This isn't just something that I'm making some knee-jerk reaction and um, saying this out of like nowhere because I have some kind of animosity toward toward women. Okay? It's not the case at all. Um, she goes on to say, I can email you two articles, they're a fast read. I hate to see fighting and unkind comments between Jews, Christians, Catholics, Protestants. What about salvation? isn't that all that really matters if a catholic is going to hell because they're trusting in works-based religion if a jew is going to hell because he's trusting in works-based religion if a protestant is going to hell isn't that doesn't that isn't that shouldn't that be the the primary motivating factor on things i mean you could you could say it's unkind to point that out to a jew or a christian and granted i think there's a way that you could do it where it's Where it's not condemning, where it's not coming across like, I'm sanctimonious, I'm holier than thou, you're going to burn in hellfire and I'm not, you need to repent. I don't think that's the way to approach it at all, really. I mean, I I, I don't, I don't. I think there's a lot more um, kind, biblical way that that could be done. But... Anyway, my response is, I said, Elaine, I said, okay, but nowhere in the Bible are we, especially, a non-Jew. Now, if you're a Jew, I'm getting to that, see below for the Bible verses why, where we as a non-Jew are commanded to do this, celebrate Hanukkah. I just view this as one more Hebrew roots tactic to get us bound up in false religion. And I'm going to give you the Bible verses for why, too. I haven't even got to that yet. Now, if you are of a true Jewish bloodline, I can see how you could make a case for this. I I can understand that from a certain perspective, but you better not be putting your faith in that for salvation. I still think this is a very dicey proposition. Okay, But I can see how you could make a case, I guess, I still think I'd be super mega careful because I see what it does to people. I see how it sucks people in. I told that story about there was a guy that came out of the, um, was was in the charismatic church I was in. Eric, remember. Even got him a job with my dad at his uh, fan factory. And Eric, you know, eric started getting into the hebrew root stuff and then you know he started you know researching his lineage and oh i've got 10 percent jew or something supposedly and started thinking he was a, a full bloodline jew evidently he literally was showing up to work at my dad's with a prayer shawl on and a yarmulke the little skull caps which i believe is is um the reason they wear those is it's, it's blasphemy against jesus christ because it was the place of the skull where he was crucified and those are called skull caps and it's just one more dig at jesus i could do i'm pretty sure i've covered that in previous studies before he's wearing a yarmulke and a prayer shawl to work on a, on a dirty job where he's working on building these portable evaporative cooling fans at my dad's factory at the time and i mean it, it just quickly got to the point where i couldn't even talk to eric he was so much better than me and so far beyond my... And this is why I... I, One of the reasons why I do what I do. Because I have been in hardcore Pentecostal, hardcore Charismania. I've, I've seen the fruits of the Hebrew roots. I've been in the most hardcore sects of independent, fundamental, KJV-only Baptist church. And I saw a lot of very, very unbiblical stuff along the way. So it doesn't mean I was perfect at all. But all of those things i mean my growing up totally new age environment with my parents you know the whole rock and roll party on lifestyle and then mom was into hardcore yoga and and then um uh, went to a lutheran middle school catholic high school went to like presbyterian churches with my grandparents going up went to catholic churches with my grandma my other side i man i have I've experienced so many cross slices of different supposed Christian religions, denominations over the years. And all of that led up to me starting and doing because I saw this tremendous need. I saw all these things that didn't line up with the Bible in every single denomination I was in. And that's what, that's what started this. Really in... 2006 2005 i think is when i started recording and posting on sermon audio and god bless those those recordings i mean they were horrible audio quality if you listen to my old stuff they're not i mean you can you can hear it but it's horrible and when i was posting by the time i mean it was it was meteoric i'm not taking any credit for credit for it at all, I'll give God the credit, but I mean, within like six months of me starting to post on Sermon Audio, I don't know, six months to a year, I was doing like, I was competing with John MacArthur and Piper, and when they would post teachings, mine would sometimes be above theirs, and I would be top ten. There's over six thousand preachers on Sermon Audio. I'm not, I'm not making this up. As God is my witness, I, I, I'm not making that up. I had no seminary training. I was like, uh, and I'm a chiropractor. I've never had seminar training. I just read the Word of God, and and you know, if you see my Bible, it's highlighted from one end to another with notes everywhere. And you say, "Oh, you shouldn't write." Well, you know, I'm not. It's not the Word of God, but I have got all kind of cross references and all. I really took it seriously, and um, I was covering topics like I cover now. That they weren't hearing on sermon audio, and there was a tremendous want and desire and need to hear those. And then they finally kicked me off. They kind of they they did some very underhanded things. The guy that owned it and said, you know, it's a long story. I've I've explained it in previous audios, and they stabbed me in the back, is what it was. And you know what? Great. I I didn't want to be limited by some platform like that because it was it was just a matter of time for me i was chapping the hides of the big boys and the 501c3 church boys and a lot of the baptists up there and i i couldn't remain up there obviously not somebody like me and it was it was a real blessing and then i had my my listener tim who had just so happened and it was god's timing to already start contendingforduke.com. he was working on the website so that because i was I think he knew, I knew that was probably that my time there was limited. And when I got kicked off, that was, it was already kind of up and running and it was a mad scramble to get all the teachings uploaded. But praise the Lord, we were able to transition it. Thank God for Tim. I can't imagine what this ministry would have been without him. I told him that the other day on the phone again. He's very humble about um, the little that he's done. And I'm like, Tim, I'm like, are you crazy? I can't even imagine what would have happened to this ministry had I not had I had I not had you then and over these years. I can't even imagine. Cause I sure I sure wasn't gonna be able to do all that, all that technical stuff. I, that was not my training. And then we started where I, I don't have any kind of limitations on what can be like you would on YouTube or if you were on sermon audio or if you were on even like shoot or Rumble or you know you get kicked off of any of these platforms or, or or if you're trying to post stuff on Twitter or Instagram or you know because they're they're not controlled by you they're controlled by other people so um, my response is that uh, the first thing I, I'm gonna continue with what I said the first thing this rabbi in the video you posted below says that, is that we should celebrate it because Jesus did based on John 10 22 well, what does John 10, 22 say? And it was in Jerusalem, King James, and it was at Jerusalem, the Feast of the Dedication. And it was winter. That's John 10, 22. And Jesus walked in the Temple of Solomon's Porch. In regard to Jesus celebrating the Feast of Dedication, which is Hanukkah, we found out. Because if, if you translate that... Um, in Strong's, the Feast of Dedication is from the uh, Greek word ekenalia, meaning, quote, In particular, the annual feast for the Jews celebrated eight days beginning in the fifth, 25th of Chislev, meaning the middle of December, instituted by Judas Maccabeus in 164 B.C., before Christ, okay? in memory of the cleansing of the temple and the pollution of Antiochus Epiphanes. Okay. So that's what that it, it is. Yes, it is feast of dedication is technically Hanukkah. It's the only time it's mentioned in the Bible. Okay. That I can see. Uh, so it says, and it was at Jerusalem, the feast of dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the Temple of Solomon's porch. This doesn't say that Jesus was celebrating the Feast of Dedication. He may have been. He might not have been. What it goes on to say after that has nothing to do with the Feast of Dedication, is what I'm telling you. You read the verse. So this is the whole premise upon which they're basing things upon. This rabbi, my listener, people that have wrote about Hanukkah. And why, I, I went up on the internet and I was appalled at the fact that there was not one video i could find hardly one report i could find on why we even the ones that that said well you know christians don't really have to you but you can it's not bad because it was a it was a legit it was a legit holiday for the Jews and and it was a good thing. So I'm not, you know, you can do it. Be careful, again, what you tell other people they can and cannot do. Because I wanna see the Bible for why a modern day, non-Gentile Christian should celebrate Hanukkah. I wanna see that Bible. I don't wanna see one verse that says it was at Jerusalem, the feast of dedication, it was winter, and Jesus walked in the temple of Solomon's porch doesn't even say celebrating it number one and number two how does that give a non uh a a gentile believer a non-jew believer some big gigantic license that we should be doing this one verse in the new testament that is vague at best regarding if jesus even celebrated it or not we're going to base how christians need to drop everything and start celebrating this off this one verse i don't think so there is not one video I could find on YouTube or one report which didn't, even if they were saying, well, most of them were saying, yeah, we should be doing it. Christians should be doing this. This is like a gateway drug, if you ask me. Like when you when you smoke marijuana and that's a gateway to harder drugs, things like Hanukkah would be like that for this. Because then you're going to be like, well, Hanukkah, and then you're going to be around like-minded people. You're going to seek those out, and then they're celebrating. Oh, but they're keeping all the Jewish feasts, too. <gasps> they're wearing the yarmulke. They're wearing their prayer shawls. They're doing all the little Jewish trinkets and tokens like on their front door and stuff like that. It never ends. And then you find yourself totally in bondage in this works-based cult, is what I'll call it, where it's salvation plus works well you're saved but you gotta i understand after you get saved yes faith without works is dead i get it i understand that but you're saved by grace through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of god not of works lest any man should boast so i'm just saying you got to be really careful with this stuff really really careful I have been there and done it. I have I kind of started getting swept up in this sun at one time when I was in the Pentecostal charismatic church. Pentecostal too charismatic. Because charismatic is more like really more hardcore. I started doing, dabbling in this stuff. God got me out of it. God got me out of it. But I was in long enough to know how dangerous it was. And when I went on that Prophecy Club tour, there was a lot of people that was... Because when I'd go on tour, you know, I'd always have different people picking me up for every venue and and getting me from the airport to the venue. And then generally the venue was where it was a hotel where I had a room and then they would take me the next morning from the room to the airport again. It was 14 city tour, 15 days of this. It was a ton of traveling and the Prophecy Club had so botched things on on the thing. I guess they just did this to everybody. I flew literally from Coast to coast to coast to coast to coast in those 15 days i'm not exaggerating through back and forth through time zones it was brutal i would i mean just from that standpoint i would never want to do it again but i would never have anything to do with the prophecy club ever again either for a myriad of reasons um so i i, I met a lot of people that were really bound up in hebrew roots on that tour and you know, pastors and pastors' wives, and I just saw more not good fruit from it. Uh, all I can say is the devil's really good at what he does, he's got a you heard of Baskin and Robbins or whatever. I don't know how many flavors. Well, you know, devil's got about a million flavors, he's got something for everybody, he got something for everybody, and that's why I say just you know, trust in the word of God. Pray for humility. Pray for the fear of God. A lot of that will take care of a lot of the others. Pray that God guide you in all truth. Pray for understanding, wisdom, knowledge, like the Bible says to do. And it's all connected with the fear of God. It's all connected with you humbling yourself before God and your fellow man. That's what it's all connected with. I've said this so many times. It's not really that complicated. The gospel is not complicated. But man wants to complicate. He wants to add to it. And that's what all these these things are. For me, like Hanukkah and Hebrew roots and, and the keeping the feast days and then, sell. oh, I got to do the Sabbath too. Well, I hope you're doing exactly the way the Bible says. You're not even picking up a stick on the Sabbath. You know, because then, oh boy. You're violating it. You're not doing it right. Yeah, I did a whole teaching on Sunday versus Sabbath. It's so easy to refute that. I mean, you're that's what the Seventh-day Adventists do. They supposedly keep that. That's what a lot of the... Hebrew roots people do they keep the Sabbath oh yeah right they don't keep it right but they don't keep it the biblical way and it just becomes always such this source of pride I'm better than you look at me I keep all the feasts I keep the Sabbath oh okay right nobody was keeping the Sabbath right back then either Jesus even alluded to that and they had added to the Bible and taken away the Pharisees and Sadducees and it was a mess. An absolute total mess. I done teachings on the hexagram and how that's always tied in with the Hebrew Roots Movement as well. Which literally the most wicked potent symbol of witchcraft. And they use it as their badge of honor. Essentially. The hexagram. Hex meaning curse. Why would you want to wear that? You know? Why would you want to bring a curse on your- Why don't you just wear a pentagram too? They literally have to either cast a pentagram or a hexagram to summon demons from another plane of existence and witchcraft on the ground. I mean, why would you want to wear that around your neck? But just remember, I'm the I'm the bad guy for I'm anti-Semitic because I said that, and I said all this other stuff. So basically that i go on to say the primary reason christians don't celebrate hanukkah is because it is not part of their biblical mandate or duty to do so but it feels so good i i, I it makes me feel like i'm whatever the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it Yep. Yeah. This is one of the slippery slopes that has sucked many Christians into the Hebrew roots movement. See the verses below for what the Bible says to a Gentile believer. Galatians 4:9, but now after ye are known after ye, but now after that ye have known God or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements? Whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? What is this bondage that they're referring to in Galatians 4.9? What is this bondage? Well, it says in the next verse, Ye observe days and months and times and years. I am afraid of you, lest I bestowed upon you labor in vain. They were trying to break them free from the whole Levitical priesthood system that was primarily designed to support the temple in Jerusalem. Now we are the temple of the Holy Ghost, okay? The the veil was rent from top to bottom when Jesus said it is finished, okay? He allowed us access into the Holy of Holies. We're not under that, we were never under that bondage as Gentiles, okay? but. The religious Jews kept trying to come back, and that's what Galatians the book of Galatians is about. The religious Jews spying out their liberty they had in Christ. Now it doesn't mean you're using not your liberty to for an occasion of the flesh, but there's liberty in Christ. And they wanted to bring them back into bondage. They must they were saying, Oh, you have to be circumcised, and you've got to observe days and months and times and years. The Bible refers to that as the weak and beggarly elements, elements whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage. Read, read the book of Galatians. Just. I don't see our Hebrew roots person could read that and say, well, I just need to throw that book out. I mean, there that has no I, I don't like what I read. Well, we don't get to pick and choose what's in the Bible. Galatians alone totally blows the Hebrew roots movement out of the, you know, out of existence. Any semblance of it. That's what this is. They're 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 desiring us, people like this listener that's sent me are desiring for you to observe days and months and times and years and to turn to the weak and beggarly elements wherein to you ye desire again to be into bondage. Now they would never admit that, but I'm telling you that's what they're doing. And you could say, well, that's mean well, I love them enough to tell them the truth. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Galatians 4.16. Pretty much most of the time you tell somebody the truth, you become their enemy. Whether they call themselves a Christian or not, you typically do because now you're not in alignment with their mindset and it doesn't matter how many bible verses i typically give people like that doesn't matter their minds made up their hearts set don't confuse them with anything else acts fifteen nineteen. wherefore my sentence is that we trouble not them which from among the gentiles are turned to god these were primarily in Acts, like the, 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 um, the Jews that were under Jesus Christ, that, you know, like the apostles, essentially. And the ones that they had um, brought to Christ in, in the este- very, very early establishing of the New Testament Christian church. There were a lot of Gentiles that were getting saved. He came to his own, and his own received him not. That's what the Bible says. And at one point, the emphasis turned much more to the Gentiles. His own, initially, that Jesus came to were the Jews. And then they preached to the Jews primarily, primarily when Jesus was alive, and then afterward in Acts, and then it it shifts over more to the Gentiles. It's clearly written in Acts, Okay. And there are Gentiles getting saved. So these, like the apostles and those, they're they're basically saying, wherefore, my sentence is that we trouble not them, which from among the Gentiles are turned to God. So a non-Jew believer, which I'm sure there are the result that has to be the vast majority of my listeners are Gentile believers. They're non-Jews. I mean, the Jews are only a very small percentage of the worldwide population anyway. Next verse, but that we write unto them that they abstain from the pollutions of idols. Okay, so okay, don't 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 have idols in your life. Don't become idolatrous. Okay, and from fornication. Okay, so don't have sex outside of marriage, and from things strangled, and from blood. What do they mean by that? Well, that's when you um, strangle an animal and then you. Let's say, in back in that day, they were there were still a lot of overt pagan practices going on. Animal sacrifice to pagan gods, and they would sell the meat in the marketplace and they it wasn't um they would strangle the animal and the blood, the meat would be more prone to have blood in it, okay? I've done a whole teaching on blood and meat, which were which we are from the Old Testament to the New Testament, it is a universal mandate that we're not supposed to eat the blood in the meat okay you stay away from the blood and the meat also the if there is overt fat i don't believe you're supposed to eat that as well there's bible there's a bible verse that talks about that and it said this is a perpetual covenant meaning it would it would basically be for everybody you don't want to eat blood and meat and just like i don't like if like if let's say you're at a whatever a you get a steak and there's a big piece of fat on i've always cut that off i've never wanted to eat that but a lot of people like that i don't think you should do that personally i'm not saying that that uh, you know okay now you're trying to bring us into the law i'm just saying that from a health standpoint it's not the best thing to do and um key key in my teaching on blood and meat before you render judgment because there is wisdom in the Old Testament Levitical Dietary Guidelines. I did a teaching on that. Levitical Guidelines, or can Levitical Dietary. Done a teaching on that. There's wisdom there. Now, are we, as New Testament, primarily New Testament Gentile, born-again Bible believers, are we bound to keep the Old Testament Levitical Dietary Guidelines to a T? no we do have liberty but there is still wisdom there that i got into in those teachings the, the the teaching the 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 bio the bible teaching i did on blood is you know that's irrefutable we're not supposed to eat things with why do you think vampires the vampires are portrayed they want to drink the blood why do the illuminati when they when they um do their child sacrifice. They always want to terrorize the the infant or the child or the animal or whatever and then slit its throat and drink its blood. Why do they want to do that? Well, it's because it's against the word of God. God forbid it. And they're always trying to do things the exact opposite of what the word of God says. And they know it grieves God, so they want to do it because they're demon-infested or possessed. So... This Bible verse here, though, is saying the Gentiles that are turned unto God, that they abstain from the pollutions of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood. Notice Hanukkah, Jewish Holy Days, or Sabbath is not mentioned. Now, is that the only thing we're supposed to do is is New Testament, born again, Bible believing? No, there's all kind of commandments that Jesus talks about, all kind of moral commandments. And, And yes, there are moral commandments, obviously, in the Old Testament. There's ceremonial ones like okay, don't plough a ox and a whatever, another kind of let's say an ox and a cow or something on the same yoke. Don't mix fabrics. Those are ceremonial, okay, commandments given to Old Testament, Old Testament Levitical priesthood type Jewish commandments that is not what i'm talking about i'm talking about the moral commandments that are mentioned in the old testament like you know uh don't sh- sacrifice your children men with men women with women it's abomination you take them out and you stone them okay now i'm not saying we're supposed to do that today men with men would take them out and stone them but in the old testament it was such a serious thing and it said you take them out and you stone them because if you don't they're they're going to defile the land. Witchcraft defiled the land. Men with men, women with women defile the land. Men and women with animals defile the land. Child sacrifice defiled the land. It was a special kind of sin that actually defiled the land. It wasn't like you going in and stealing a candy bar from you know the convenience store. It was a special kind of sin. Now, that's bad, but there's special kind of sins that I just mentioned that literally bring a curse on the land. Those are some, and that, that's still just as applicable today. It still brings curse. And this is why abortion clinics are so horrible and why homosexuality and whether it's bestiality, all these things, child sacrifice, it, it's, it is an abomination. Witchcraft defiles the land. So then Acts 15, 23, and they wrote letters by them after this manner, the apostles and the elders... Okay, so this is who this is coming from. The early church apostles who had literally spent time with Jesus Christ. They were the ones mandated to spread the gospel and to create churches and to ordain pastors and deacons and elders and things of this nature, or at least get that process started. What I just read you came from them. The apostles and the elders and the brethren send greeting unto the brethren, which are of the Gentiles in Antioch and in Syria and Cecilia. Um, Yeah. Next verse. For as much as you have heard that certain which went out from among you have troubled you with words, subverting your souls, saying, ye must be circumcised and keep the law to whom we gave no such commandment so many of the, so much of the time with the hebrew root stuff and then it starts with this like gateway to something like hanukkah i'm telling you it would so much of the time that's where it starts well we're we're gonna we're gonna keep the law we're gonna keep the old testament and the new testament you can't do both you you can't be a you, you it's, it's impossible because the gospel is is different than old testament levitical law I'm not saying there's not a lot of compatibility among the moral commandments. Obviously, it's all compatible among the moral commandments. But one one is primarily, although I understand there's a gigantic faith component with Old Testament, but there's so much works. And it was given to the Old Testament Levitical priesthood to give to the people there. We're We're not there anymore, guys. Now, is there wisdom in that? Sure, sure. But they're saying here, the apostles and the elders... This is specifically given to the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia. I'm sorry, Cilicia. For as much as you have heard that certain which went out from among us have troubled you with words. They went out from the apostles and the elders. Okay, They had to add to the gospel message. In other words, they went out from among them. Subverting your souls... Mm, I think that that sounds like um, that's a very serious matter to me. That sounds like this could bring you into uh, hellfire, potentially subverting your souls, saying ye must be circumcised and keep the law to whom we gave no such commandment. Why would they say that? Because they want to bring you back into bondage, to the weak and beggarly elements. They want to bring you back into that whole system again, where you're earning your way to salvation. They gave no such commandment, though. Verse 28, Acts 15, verse 28. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. That ye abstain from meats, meaning foods offered to idols, and from blood, and from things strangled, and from fornication, for if from which if you keep yourselves, ye shall do well. Fare ye well. Notice Hanukkah, Jewish holy days, Sabbath. None of the other Jewish tokens or whatever things are not mentioned there. I didn't. I didn't see any mention of that to the Gentile believers at all didn't see it but people that want to do this thing about oh you should you should do the hanukkah thing and they're bound up in that obviously well what's making them bound up in that spirits evil spirits and i'm not even saying they're not saved i'm just saying there's there's evil spirits at play that are influencing their thinking patterns and they're spying out your liberty which you have in christ just like they warned about in galatians and they want to bring you into bondage just like they are if nothing else to, to to just massively hinder your walk. Now, they would never admit that. And I'm not even saying that in their hearts, they think that. Maybe their hearts are, well, I'm really just doing this because I want them to be a better Christian. Oh, well, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. If he can't line it up with the word of God, I really don't care. And that's what I'm giving you right here. I'm giving you what the word of God says about this subject. I think it's pretty cut and dry. Things offered idols. This is why I do not want to eat. If you ever you eat, particularly this whole halal food thing where it's, oh, now it's okay for Muslims to eat. Has that halal marking. You would not want to eat halal meat. Now, granted, I understand it's a joke the way that they certify halal meat. They've got like a little recorder in the background playing something over and over again as the meat is slaughtered. I still would try to avoid that. I don't like to eat anything with any kind of Muslim halal symbol on it. And that's on a lot. And just key in halal, H-A-L-A-L, I believe, Muslim halal, because they, you know, in order for them to eat their meat, it has to be sacrificed to Allah, which is the devil moon god. So I would try to avoid anything that has those labels on the food. Key in halal, and you'll probably find the teachings I've done on it. Okay. So I thought I'd throw that in because that's I think that very much pertains to this. Okay. So then let's go to Acts 21, 25. Again, it's restated here. Okay. So now we've got something like I've just said. And now this is um, basically the third time in Acts this is stated it's stated in acts 15:29 it's stated in acts 21:25 it's stated in acts 15, 20. three different times okay and if something is restated especially more than once in the bible you really want to pay attention to it probably because jesus who is the who is the word incarnate knew that there was probably going to be a problem with this question that I'm addressing today for the Gentile believers in times, days and times to come after he, after the finished work of the cross, after the church started to be established, it's stated three different times. Well, and actually, it's really in a way more than that. But this specific subject. So let me. Do, I'll read you the last time. Acts twenty one twenty five is touching the Gentiles which believe, meaning a born again Gentile believer. We have written and concluded that they observe no such thing. The previous verse where they're talking about there is keeping the law. Okay, just like the other verses I read you. So. Save only that they, meaning the saved Gentile believers, keep themselves from things offered to idols, and from blood, and from strangled, and from fornication. Remember, again, Hanukkah, Jewish holy days, Sabbath, any kind of Jewish whatever thing, not mentioned here. For the third time, directly to Gentile saved believers. I hope I'm making my case in a biblical manner. I don't know how much more I could do it. But there's more. Romans 5, 8 through 10. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, the blood of Jesus Christ. Notice it doesn't say not justified by Hanukkah or Jewish holy days or Sabbath or any other Jewish whatever. No, we're justified by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We shall be saved from wrath through him see that's the only thing i'm trusting in his shed blood his finished work of the cross that's the only thing i'm trusting in to be saved from wrath i'm not going to be like a catholic that says well yeah i trust in jesus christ but i got to go through mary to get to jesus because she's the mediatrix between us even though the Bible says it's very clear that there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, not Mary, okay? But yeah, I gotta keep the the seven um, sacraments or whatever they they keep. And I gotta do the boss, the Baltimore Catechism, and I gotta do this, and I gotta do the christening of the kids, and I gotta do all this other unbiblical garbage that's never mentioned anywhere in the Bible. And I gotta go to a priest, to, a priest to confess my sins, even though you're supposed to, as a, Lord, as a born-again Bible-leaving saved Christian, go right to the Lord, Father God, You know, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's how you that's how you go to God father through the Lord Jesus Christ, not Mary or not through some priest, some unsaved devil priest who's probably a pedophile or a good chance of it, because the whole thing about the celibacy of the priesthood is totally unbiblical. It even says that in First Timothy 1 where it talks about that one of the marks of the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy and having their conscience sear with a hot iron. Commanding to abstain from marriage. And then it also talks about uh, commanding to abstain from meats, meaning particularly kind of foods. Now granted, we're not to 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 do the blood thing or, you know... These other things, but we weren't under Old Testament Levitical dietary mandates at that point. That's what First Timothy, four, I don't know, like verse two or three, is, is talking about there. Now, is there still wisdom in the Old Testament leviticary dialect Sure, absolutely. And I've got into that, I did a whole teaching on it. But we're not bound under the law by it anymore. Is the point I'm trying to make? So. We're justified by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, not Hanukkah, not the Jewish holy days or the Sabbath. We shall be saved from wrath through him. For if we, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Titus 3.5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Remember, all of our righteousness are as filthy rags before God. So if you think you're celebrating Hanukkah and that makes you more right with God or the Jewish Holy Days or any other paradigm of false religion, all that is before God is a filthy rag. Going about to establish our own righteousness. That doesn't work. Uh Uh-uh. No, 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 no. We want the righteousness of Christ through his shed blood. That's the only way you're ever going to appear righteous before God. Through his finished work of the cross. Through your faith in that. Not trusting in yourself. Not going about to establish your own righteousness. That's an affront to God. That's a filthy rag. But it's so tempting from a carnal human fleshly thing to want to do this extra biblical stuff thinking that it's gonna please God and thinking that you're gonna be better or more holy or more right with God. All that matters is is there biblical grounds for you to do that. And I think I'm showing you regarding Hanukkah, I wouldn't mess with it personally. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Galatians 2.21, I do not frustrate the grace of God for if righteousness, righteousness come by the law or by, let's say, by works too, then Christ is dead in vain. If righteousness come by celebrating Hanukkah, the Jewish holy days, Sabbath, then Christ is dead in vain because that would all be encompassed in something like that. So I don't mess with it. I don't mess with that stuff. I've been there, done it, and, and seen the fruit of it firsthand. So it's it's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about it. So a listener, long-time listener, I had forwarded this um, to him, and he said, also, Galatians says something on the feast days and so forth, but the reality is Christ, not the shadow of things to come, but in actual reality. Now, I wrote in, I, I interjected in here, in its current Christ-rejecting form, okay, um Jesus would never practice this Jewish false religion ever and it's remember in its current Christ rejecting form I'm not talking about when Jesus was and I'm and he's not talking about when Jesus walked the earth in those days and yes he did he did go along with the um I don't believe he did the Pharisaical and sadducetical stuff that they added to but In regard to the Old Testament Levitical things that were laid down in the Old Testament, yeah, Jesus did participate in that, but we're not in that time frame anymore, okay? Because of what Jesus did on the cross, okay? So... In its current Christ-rejecting form, I added that part in, Jesus would never practice this Jewish false religion ever. It is a front to the grace and the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. It's error, error, error. The evidence of salvation is not that we practice Jewish law and ceremony, especially feast days and the like. Do those days take away sin? No, they do not. I say, if Jesus fulfilled it and paid it all, why would we keep making installments on a debt that has already been paid in full? Yeah, see, he's bringing up points I didn't bring up, so I wanted to read this. If you come to rely on feast days and keeping them, does not this does not mean you're closer to God? Only the blood of Jesus Christ—that's all that matters. Which is a reiteration of what I just said in the Bible verses I just read. All this actually takes away from Christ. It's not Christ honoring. Hanukkah is not Christ honoring in its current derivation and form the way that a, especially the way an average religious Jew would celebrate it, an average religious Christ hating Jew would celebrate it. You go into, okay, in other words, the most common way that, that an average Christ hating religious Jew right now would celebrate something like Hanukkah or the feast days. Do you think Jesus Christ would be honored in any of that? no no he would not be and they're the by far they're the mass the vast majority of ones that would celebrate hanukkah yes there's fringe hebrew roots supposed christians that are doing that but they're not the majority so in its current form this isn't christ honoring they rejected jesus on the cross, they said, "Crucify Jesus! Give us Barabbas, the murderer. Let his blood, meaning the blood of Jesus Christ, be upon us and our children." Now I did a whole teaching on this, the uh, biblical reason for the um, Jewish, the Jews' affliction. You can key that in, Jewish affliction. You'll find it. It is balanced, guys. I don't condemn the Jews. But they brought a collective curse on themselves when that did happen. And the Bible clearly lays that out. Blindness in part has happened to the Jew, unto Israel, until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. They're blind, unfortunately. Does that mean God's done with them? No. No. The Bible says in Romans 10:1 through 4, it says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer for Israel, to God for Israel, is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness are going about to establish their own righteousness. What, you mean like keeping the feast days and Hanukkah and the sabbath and all the other jewish stuff they do and dressing up funny and dr- yeah that's called going about to establish your own righteousness in false religion that is in that particular case beyond christ hating see what the talmud says about jesus christ which is a pillar of their of their religion most of them they have not submitted themselves under the righteousness of god For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. They're not under the law either. The Jews aren't. And that's why I said, you know, I could kind of understand maybe if you were Jew, you could say, oh yeah, I really want to celebrate Hanukkah because of whatever. I still think it's dicey. I still think it's a dicey because Jesus said, even to the Jews for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. He goes on to say, it's just Christ Jesus. That is our all in all. It's not Christ plus this or that. They want us to buy what we need to practice um, the Jewish law. They want us to buy, meaning, you know, we're like, oh, he bought it really good. You know, like I sold and bought it to him or, you know, like I don't buy it, that expression. Well, that's what he means by, they want us to buy that we need to practice the Jewish law and the feast because Jesus did, and that is their best defense. But that can be shredded fast. And I think I just shredded it biblically through the Lord. Because I mean, I will give God the credit for what, for those Bible verses. I'm not saying I'm the voice of the Holy Spirit. I do pray the Holy Spirit would would speak through me before I give audios though. I do. Yes, I do. I pray a lot before I, I give audios or put these things out. I think, though, that what I just went over was not that hard to prove biblically, though. It's not that I'm some whatever scholar. It's pretty simple, those verses. Yet I heard none. I did not hear one report on YouTube or from any preacher where it, where they got into those verses at all. They're just like, well, if you want to do it, I mean, uh, you know, I don't personally, but you, you can. You're okay. Oh, so now you're the voice of the Holy Spirit. All I care about is what Scripture says. And scripture to me is very clear on this, that that Hanukkah, celebration of Hanukkah or any of the Jewish feast days, especially for a Gentile believer, would be a very, very, very slippery slope. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth, Romans 10, 4. And I've been there, seen it, done it, I've seen the fruit. He goes on to say, just remember, he is the fulfiller of the law. If fulfilled, the debt is paid. Why still make installments on debt if it's paid in full? This is my listener John talking. I couldn't couldn't agree more. And not only that, if you think you're making installments on a debt that's fully paid, all you're doing is putting a filthy rag before God's eyes. That's all you're doing. He paid it all. Now, will good works follow a true born-again Bible-believing Christian? Sure. Faith without works is dead. 100%. That should be fruit. I mean, a tree is known by its fruit. Yes, you should produce good fruit. But are you trusting in the fruit to get you to heaven? Hopefully, you don't want to put the cart before the horse here. The fruit will be a reward at the great white throne, or um, at the judgment seat of Christ for a Christian. Yeah, sure. It's done with the right intention and heart, and you weren't doing it to be seen among men it won't be burned up at the judgment seat of christ great white throne judgments for the unsaved so um he goes on to end it by saying i reject Hebrew roots movement of pure demonic lies and deception i couldn't agree more so then we now we're going to switch gears here and the reason i'm covering this is i wasn't going to but this is, a, this is a warning regarding ex-warlock who supposedly had a personal friendship with Satan, John Ramirez. But he never left Satanism. And this is what we're going to prove today. It's pretty easy to prove. Now, I remember when I first saw this guy come out, and, and I didn't have any reason to doubt him. And I thought, oh, wow, that's awesome. You know, he was a high-level warlock, and he supposedly had this personal relationship with Satan, it was like he was Satan's little helper, right hand man, or something. You know, I never promoted him, but I wasn't. Who am I to judge? Something like that. But then I, I think I started doing some of my own research and I started getting feedback from some of my listeners and I started seeing some really, 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 really big red flags about this guy. And, um, this there's a whole series here now. I'm not even going to try to even play any of this because it's like I don't even know how many videos, like a lot over ten. On it's they're called um John Ramirez Exposed series, and it goes in and it shows him talking, saying stuff, and it shows him flashing the cornudo sign, the the um, horn sign of the devil, over and over, and he's doing the OK sign, which is actually the six 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 sign, over and over and over, in. Audio interviews. He's on Creflo, give me a dollar. He's on Daystar. He's on with all the ba- he's selling all of his stuff, all the stuff, all the other people on the televangelism stuff are doing, and he's with them, and he's not rebuking them. But he'll be, he'll rebuke somebody like Paula White. But yet he'll go on Creflo, give me a dollar, or he'll go on TBN. It's like this cognitive dissonance. It's like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to condemn this one, and then, and then I'm going to go on TBN, and I'm going to do this. I and mean, I'm, 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 you know, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? I mean, why? If you're, if you're really hearing from God now, why would you be promoting these, I'm honestly, just greed-driven platforms like this? And then there's another one. It's called John Ramirez Neverless Satanism. Now I can't. This one is um. It's it's there's no audio. And there's all this video footage about him like potentially putting curses on people when he's talking about Satanism with that with that um, cursed horn symbol. So you can watch the videos and judge for yourself. I mean, I think it's pretty uh, compelling. This guy's posted here says recently people have been saying that John Ramirez is back into Satanism because he he. Curses sent to them by Ramirez. I got word of this when three brothers in Christ, I will not release their names for privacy's sake about John Ramirez being into Satanism again. Um, I mean, it's just one weird thing after another. Um, Before I proceed forward, let's look at the link between wealth and Satanism and those that are oblivious, famous people like celebrities, pastors, politicians are known to sell their souls to the devil to gain the world. Um, And then he goes on to show all the ungodly um things that he does he proceeding proceeding for john ramirez is indeed guilty of the following things that proves he is once again a satanist i i do think he is because of the overt satanic things i i saw on video okay uh highly esteemed amongst the false pro- prosperity church he allies with marcus lamb and Joni lamb you can key in marcus lamb and i just did a expose on them in the last couple of years it's horrible I, blink, I think they're from daystar uh he When on Creflo, give me a dollar. Um, He allies with Sid Roth. He um, receives huge receipts for, um, he's appealing for donations. I mean, like for a lot of money. Uh, Kundalini false holy ghost manifestations. I mean, there's just a lot of red flags that are going on here. Um, He association, uh, let's see. He's linked to the dead false. Paul Crouch, TBN. And he begs for large sums of money. And I'm just reading this PowerPoint presentation. Uh, Because of his connections and his broadcast appearances to millions of Christians, he is quite renowned in the fake modern church. Why isn't, if he really came out from Satanism, why isn't he rebuking that church? No, he's yoked up with it. Uh, And the reason I'm saying this is because a lot of my listeners I know have watched this guy and bought his book and believe that he is the real deal. And I'm telling you, like I've said before, Satan's very good at what he does. And I wouldn't I wouldn't mess with this guy. I'm telling you. Um, Creflo Dollar is a well-known false prophet, prosperity preacher who begs for money like the rest of the scammers. Get your confirmations from Jesus Christ Almighty about these falsities. Now, if John Ramirez is such a saint, why would he associate with a man who uses God God's name to steal money from the poor? If you look at Creflo Dollar's pictures, you can see he is doing a triangle Illuminati pagan symbol. Creflo is a Satanist. Why would John align himself with another Satanist? Well, because he is one. Like I said, all those people at that level are horrible. And then he gives all the proof. He shows them doing this stuff, and he shows them being interviewed. And um, He was on Daystar with Marcus Lamb. Oh, my word, I did a teaching on them. They're also most likely Satanists. Uh, shows Mark, Marcus Lamb doing a triangle symbol. With John Ramirez on stage, it, it goes on and on and on. And, and the other, the other video series is just. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on this because you can watch this stuff for yourself. I give you the links for this though, um, so that you can kind of see it for yourself. Now, what prompted me to do this is that I got an email the other day from a longtime listener, and basically, listener comment. And I, I added to this comment because. He wanted me to know about this, but John Ramirez says women can be preachers and apostles. While promoting that witch, Catherine Kuhlman, Benny Hinn, and Catholic Mother Teresa, he also promotes the insane passion translation of the Bible. And here is a Facebook verbatim quote from him, from just the other day. Plus Bible verse, I think it's just from the other day plus Bible verses to refute this satanic plant. And that's what I'm calling him. Now, at this point, I've seen enough to say this guy is 100% a satanic plant. Remember, if Satan can be transformed into an angel of light, an an angel that appears to be good, it's no marvel that his ministers, Satan's ministers, can be transformed into ministers of righteousness. They appear as as righteous, but they're not. So, this is straight from good old... Um, John Ramirez, the, you know, ex-warlock, now supposedly Christian. He says, my dear brother and sister in the Lord. I don't know why he didn't say brothers and sisters, because this was on his Facebook. But my dear brother and sister in the Lord, I want to share my heart with you. Oh. We'll see if John Ramirez's heart is Desperately wicked, and who can know? It's deceitful above all things. I think that we're going to see how deluded and deceived this guy really is if we compare what he's saying with Scripture. I've been prompted, there we go again, by the Holy Spirit. Capital H, capital S. Wow. So you're attributing to the Holy Spirit something that the devil gave you. Because I can tell you right now, the words that he wrote there are not from the Holy Spirit. Because if I compare them with Scripture... They don't line up at all. And God is not the author of confusion. So, John, right out of the gates, you are falling on your face and potentially blaspheming the Holy Spirit. But hey, if you're a Satanist, what do you care? I'm pretty sure you are. I've been prompted by the Holy Spirit to write this and to bring clarity and revelation to your lives. Oh, John, bravo already. I I can't wait. To hear what you have to say i see a lot of bashing and a lot of throwing of stones at apostle Catherine crick whoever that is so now we have women apostles now there's these men apostles that i'd really like to see a real one the only ones i've ever seen are all liars are they doing the works of an apostle are they going about not op i mean the apostles weren't operating in, in um they weren't flying around in jets and stuff like this, or or had the finest carriages of the day, or whatever. I mean, I I think it was when Peter, when one of the guys asked Peter for America's silver and gold, have I none? But that what I have that, that which I have, I give you. I'm paraphrasing some, I'm sure. But um Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, have nowhere to lay his head when he was on earth. They weren't, but. It's funny. Most of these people that would call themselves apostles on the televangelist shows, like he's referenced to, they're all, they're all doing real well financially, real well, and they're real greedy, and they're always greedy for for more money, more money, more money, huh? And now we have, even though there is not one biblical precedent in the Bible for a woman apostle. I mean, apostles now for men are dicey enough. And show me, show me a real one okay please show me a real one in today's day and age i'm skeptical nothing that. but now there's women apostles when women aren't even allowed to be a preacher an elder or a deacon according to what the word of god says i'll get into that in a second am i teaching what women can do for the lord I, in fact i'll just read that right now what women can do for the lord part one and two never had anybody ever refute this teaching because i just all i use is bible so from 2008, in this study, we will be looking primarily at what women can do for the Lord. Women pastors, um question mark the biblical qualifications for pastors elders deacons and spiritual overseers we will be taking an in-depth look at the most common arguments used to authorize women having biblical offices that only men are supposed to hold that being deborah of judges the daughters and handmaidens who prophesy in acts uh 2 17 and 18 and the daughters of philip acts 21 8 and 9. there are some errors among christians in regard to the women's ministry number one some teach that women can do anything which is not scriptural. Others teach that women can do almost nothing, which is also not scriptural. Godly women have a large role in the work of God, though they have limitations. Well, so do the men. Okay. Uh, There are some restrictions upon their work. These restrictions given by the word of God. And in this study, we will be endeavoring to present these with the rationale behind why these restrictions have been given by the Lord. Okay. So I'll just say that right up front. That's my stance on this. So if you can't even have a a woman being a preacher and now that's just the norm i get it i mean i'm just being a misogynistic uh anti-semitic i mean i I, I'm, i'm doing it all today in this teaching you know i'm just even though i totally have the bible on my side at least the king james uh none of that matters all that matters is is i'm you know whatever so he's defending apostle Catherine crick what a catchy little name! I never even heard of this witch. I see a lot of bashing and a lot of throwing of stones at her. Some of the comments and statements are ungodly, unrighteous, and unholy. Oh, really? Well, you mean they're marking her? Then that's what you would consider unholy? Well, of course you can't. You can't. You're judging. We're not. We're, we're never to judge. Oh, really? We're, we're to never judge, even though the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.15, the first part of it, but he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Meaning, he that is led of God judgeth all things. When Jesus said, Just judge not lest ye be judged, that was when you had a beam in your own eye and you're judging the speck in your brother's. That's called hypocritical judgment, and in that case, yes, judge not lest ye be judged. We don't We don't judge self-righteously like, oh, you did this and I'm so much better. No, 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 no. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Jesus Christ said in John 7:24, "Judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment." We're supposed to judge righteous judgment. We have to do that all the time. Do you judge when you get out in traffic? Well, I think I'm just going to veer over into the other lane and have a head-on collision. Well, if you don't keep your judgment in check, you're going to be dead on the road. When you turn the stove on, you're like, oh, that burner, yeah, it's red hot. I think I'm just going to put my hand on it. Are you not judging not to put your hand on the burner? You're not exercising judgment? We have to judge all the time. We, But it's not self-righteous, hypocritical judgment. Oh, that tree's putting out rotten fruit? Well, okay, a tree is known by its fruit. Oh, that doesn't make you self-righteous or, or hypocritical. That just makes you, you know he was spiritual judge of all things bible also says if we would judge ourselves we would not be judged and that implies humility and that implies fear of the god fear of god so um he's he says that uh he goes on to say i stand for truth i can already tell by what you've just written in the first few lines here that you stand for lies john ramirez I can stand, I can look at your videos where you're flashing the Cornuto sign and the 666 sign and, and flashing the Cornuto sign over the people as you're cursing them and all the devils you've yoked up with in ministry. I can tell you stand for lies because I can see you're a tree that produces rotten fruit and you're also greedy and you're yoked up with a whole bunch of greed-driven devils. You don't stand for truth. He says, I'm not a people pleaser. Oh, you're trying to please the people you're you're bringing this to. You're sure trying to appease uh, your devil crowd you hang with. I'm a Jesus pleaser. Oh, really? We'll see if that's the case when you stand before God. Uh-huh. We are quick to judge. We are quick to bring people down. You know what the Bible says about this? About people that are um, heretics and deceivers and those leading people into hellfire or astray. If the blind leadeth the blind, they both fall into a ditch. We're supposed to mark them. The Bible has a lot to say about that. Romans, and you've heard me say the 16, 17, and 18. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned which is exactly what we're doing right now and avoid them for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. This is what this this devil's doing is through subtlety. He's trying to deceive you through good words and fair speeches. That's exactly what he's trying to do. So is this Catherine Crick apostle who was never ever called by God to be an apostle, a woman, apostle, no biblical precedent whatsoever. It's contrary to the doctrine, which he could care less about what the Bible says. I can guarantee you that. I'm giving you doctrine. Haven't I just loaded this whole teaching with doctrine proving what I'm saying here? We're supposed to avoid them. They serve not uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, meaning their own carnal fleshly desires. And they do it by good words and fair speeches. Just like this devil's doing. He goes on to say, you Pharisees said that a woman can't preach because that's what the Bible says. Yeah, John, it is what the Bible says. It is real easy to prove that one. Again, my teaching, what can women do for the Lord? Part one and two, it's all Bible. Real easy. He don't care though. Because that's what he said. So let me just read this over again. You Pharisees said the women can't preach because that's what the Bible says. But you aren't a Bible scholar or a theologian because you barely read your Bible. Oh, John, I didn't know you were clairvoyant and you knew everything about everybody bringing any kind of accusation against you. And it it's true. What I'm bringing against you is very, very true. And I'm proving it all biblically. So evidently by his standard, um, he says, women can't preach because that's what the Bible says. He doesn't really refute that. He says, but you aren't a Bible. So in other words, only a Bible scholar or a theologian is, 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 is qualified to tell me a woman can't preach. No, you know what? All I have to do is have a brain and two eyes and be able to read the King James Bible to know that. I don't have to be a Bible quote, Bible scholar or theologian. The word of God is of no private interpretation, John. This is like the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which the Bible says in, in Revelation that God hates, which is where it's the priesthood over the laity, which is where we get the Catholic church kind of spawning from. Meaning, only the priest or the theologians can interpret scripture. How dare you say that women can't preach because only a priest or a pastor or a theologian could tell me that's the case. No, John, that's not what the word of God says at all. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You satanic plant, John Ramirez. See, he's trying to bring you under the whole thing of only the people on TBN and all the other ones that go on there and all these other false fake prosperity preachers that are all flying around in jets and greedy for your money and are closet Satanists. Only they're qualified to interpret scripture and tell you that a woman can or cannot preach. The very, the most, so in other words, the very highest source of corruption in Christianity, these false fake preachers and televangelists only they're qualified you're a fork tongue devil john from the pit of hell is where i think you're from and you're not even that good at what you do from what i'm seeing here because this does get me really righteously indignant because this is soul damning type of doctrine stuff he's getting into he's trying to get the blind to lead you You aren't a Bible scholar, theologian, because you barely read your Bible. Oh, so he knows everybody, what everybody's doing with their Bible. You barely, like, like he's clairvoyant. Now he's God. He's basically saying he's God because he knows all these people that would dare come against him. Number one, he knows they're all not Bible scholars or theologians. He knows that. And he also knows that they barely read their bible when they're probably reading their bible far more and that's exactly the reason that they're going after him is because they are reading their bible but he being the accuser of the brethren accuses them of, of the very thing that they're you know that they're probably not guilty of doing because they probably are reading their bible if they know this and then he says but you but you understand the word of god like sarcastically he says what a joke He's just hoping his other readers are biblically uneducated enough where they'll buy into all these lies that are spewing forth from his keyboard. Fast forwarding ahead in this little thing. Then he goes on to say this, which is just beautiful. What would you do with a Catherine Kuhlman? He spells her name wrong. And a Benny Hinn that learned from her. What? Catherine Kuhlman and a Benny Hinn. That, oh, yeah. Yeah, Benny Hinn did learn a lot from Catherine Kuhlman. I did a whole three-part teaching on that one. Yeah. That's where Benny Hinn believes he got his anointing from. Catherine Kuhlman's dead body. And go visit her grave. Her and Amy Simple McPherson. I'm going to get into that next. Oh, yeah. yeah so he's using that as an example this and they're all satanists they're all luciferians so he's just part of the network he's just defending his own people and hoping that you're biblically uneducated enough to ever figure this out what about back in the day that women preached in stadiums oh okay i must have kind of missed maybe that did happen some i know it doesn't make it right like, like, oh, I missed that. And it, it it's it's in um uh Lucifer 5-9, and that's not in the Bible. Oh, when the women were preaching in stadiums, that's in the satanic Bible or something. I don't know. It's not in the Bible we have. There's no Bible for that in the King James, but you know. So this is this is his biblical just notice I haven't heard one Bible verse yet. Not one. I haven't heard anything to Whatever. I've given you several already and I'm going to give you more. What would you... And then this here's here's another whopper. What would you do with Mother Teresa that preached in the ghettos and slums of the world? So the damned Mother Teresa, the Catholic, quote, saint, who's burning in hellfire right now, unless she repented on her deathbed or something, which I don't think there's any evidence. He's using... That is an example. So now he's defending Catholicism. He's defending the worst sex of Charismania, Catherine Kuhlman and Benny Hinn. He's defending women preaching in stadiums, which is totally unbiblical, and I don't know when that, that ever happened. And then then he goes on to defend Mother Teresa, who's, who's probably led untold many people into hellfire through the Catholic devil death cult. Wow, John, good fruit and everything you're saying. You're just absolutely using scripture to back it up as you can see he's not used one scripture not one not one and then he says this and maybe you should read the passion translation of the bible to help you out with your theology okay. oh satan would love for you to read the passion translation 100 <laughs> we're going to talk about all these things separately I stand for Jesus like I stand for the body of Christ. No, you stand for Satan, devil. Everything out of your mouth is the exact opposite of the truth. You truly are of your father, the devil, John Ramirez. You truly are. I mean, it is so evident by reading this thing. It's just unbelievable. I love with all my heart people like Pagani, Isaiah, I don't know who Daniel Adams, Greg Locke. Yeah, mentioned him before. Kenny Weaver, Mike, and also Pastor Vlad. I don't know who any of these people are. These amazing vessels of honor. And also Catherine Crick, the apostle. That God put at this time on earth that have paid a price to be where they are today. Oh no, they're getting paid to be where they are today. They ain't paying much of a price though. The honor of men, all that stuff. That which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God, though, is what Jesus said. Obviously preaching a false gospel. Obviously greedy televangelists. But they supposedly were put on earth at this time, and they've paid a price to be with her. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's just evidence that God is sending the strong delusion that they will believe a lie that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness that's what it's evidence of John 2nd Thessalonians chapter 2 it's evidence of Matthew 24 false apostles or I'm sorry false prophets and things of this nature false preaching that's what it's evidence of and you're just you're just absolutely 100% proof of you're just one more vessel of Satan John that's what you are going further for some more scripture um so he mentioned um i mentioned doctrine here because that's what we need to base everything off of right now i beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to doctrine the doctrine which you've learned which is what i just did i marked john ramirez i marked this apostle Catherine crick and all these other devils that i mentioned That I've done a lot of them. I've done dedicated teachings on. Okay, I'm doing as the Bible commanded me to do. I'm judging righteous judgment. While I do judge myself as well. He who spiritual judgeth all things. I'm doing as the Bible. And it's a big reason this ministry exists. Because I didn't see that being done. A lot of the times. In the various denominations I was in. So doctrine is what we base this off of. Okay, the word of God, the King James Bible. Now, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, which is what I'm doing here. Now, I don't expect John Ramirez to receive any of my proof or correction. But listen, there was a time that I thought maybe this guy might have been legit when he first came out. I didn't really know, I hadn't really researched them. I mean, there's thousands of people out there that are up on the internet. I can't keep track of them all. I'm just a one man, I can only do so much. But um, this is more for helping my listeners not be taken in by a wolf in sheep's clothing or a hireling that has no true love for the sheep that's doing it for the money the hire, which is also a common uh, thing we should be looking for out for in the days and times we're living in all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction and instruction in righteousness 2nd Timothy 4 14 and 15 well give me an example of marking somebody okay here's one Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil the Lord reward him according to his works well that's judging he said he did much you know, yeah judge righteous judgment Calling him out, marking him. Mm Mm-hmm, yep. And then it says, of whom beware, be thou where, meaning beware of also. He's warning people about Alexander the coppersmith. I'm warning you about John Ramirez. I'm warning you about Apostle Catherine Crick, Benny Hinn, Catherine Kuhlman, Mother Teresa. I'm marking them. I'm warning them as the Bible tells me to do. Because the church, by and large, doesn't do this, for a multitude of reasons, mostly because they're spineless and also because they're greedy and money hungry and that would, they would lose a lot of listeners or a lot of co- their congregants because then it wouldn't be coming in in the old tithe tithe uh, plate or whatever. They don't say stuff like this. I'm not saying that makes me perfect. I'm just saying this is the stuff that the church should be doing. They should be warning the flock. Even if they're not supposed watchmen, everyone who's a pastor is a shepherd. And a shepherd protects the flock. And part of that is being a watchman. Come on. Is the shepherd watching the flock? Is he shepherd watching for the wolf? Why aren't the 501c3 churches doing this? Well, they're yoked up with the devil with their 501c3 corporate status as well. I and mean, Just can't 501c3 if you want to know more about that. All right. Well, there's no other example in the Bible where... They mark somebody. Oh, okay. Here's another one. 2 Timothy four ten. There's more than this, but for Demas, half forsaken me, having loved this present world. He marks him. The Bible says in 2 Timothy four two, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke. It says that, with exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. I'm using, I hope, I hope I've I've proved today and in previous teachings that I use doctrine to reprove and rebuke. I don't just go off somebody half cocked with just my opinion and say, you shouldn't like them because I don't like them. I try to give you scriptural reasons on why I am saying the things that I'm saying. And a lot of the time, it's really not that hard to do if you just start looking at what the scriptures say and start comparing like a letter like John Ramirez just put out on Facebook and start comparing it with scripture and look at who he's promoting to see what side he's really on. And it's the side of the devil. Titus nine, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able to to, by sound doctrine... Both exhort and convince the gainsayers. It's what I'm trying to do. Through sound doctrine. Now, elaborating on this a little bit further. My teaching, uh, my three-part teaching. This is an old one, 2007. Almost, wow. Yeah, December 30th. So, almost 16 years um since this one uh anyway oh no hold on no be 15 about 15 years my three-part teaching entitled Catherine kuhlman amy Simple mcpherson and the source of benny Hinn's anointing part one two and three i give you the links right here or just can i don't know probably the easiest way to find it would be just came benny b-e-n-n-y h-i-n-n apostrophe s you'll find it In this teaching, we'll be keen on Catherine Kuhlman, Amy Simple McPherson, and Benny Hinn. Since their deaths, Benny Hinn has visited Catherine Kuhlman and Amy Simple McPherson's graves to appropriate the anointing that he claims still lingers on the bodies from the grave. It's true, though. He admits it in his own writings, in his own speeches, he admits it. Talk about a biblically forbidden practice i mean that's like necromancy which is part of the witchcraft that was absolutely condemned in the old testament trying to supposedly commune with the dead even though their souls are in hell there's still a lot of spirits that linger in in cemeteries guys (laughs) that's real you know for one reason or another there are spirits associated with cemeteries okay Catherine Kuhlman was the founding member of the New Age, of a New Age movement that synchronized Christianity and occult spiritualism together with pop psychology and a lavish serving of capitalism. She was really important. She was one of the, the, the main pioneers that really started the modern day Charismania movement. Benny Hinn idolized her. Him, uh, Amy Sybil McPherson. And then he takes that same demonic anointing and uses it in his ministry thanks to coolman's pop status websites pop status websites now sell the claim of being personally transformed and healed by practicing christian yoga which there isn't such thing as christian yoga it's like christian pornography which is actually a real thing i've talked about that before christian yoga yeah get nice and bound up with devils and demons i got no problem with stretching and things like that but yoga you want to stay away from just kidding yoga Keyword search box, box at ContendingForTruth.com, I'll, I'll get into that. Um, it is thanks to Kuhlman that practicing the practice of being, quote, slain in the spirit is said to have been made more popular in, in evangelical circles. Unfortunately, this slain was the work of unholy spirits. And the Bible is very clear, but, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Almost every single line I read in that lying letter from John Ramirez is, that is what that whole letter is designed to do. To keep you away from God, to keep you focused in on whatever opinion, whatever unbiblical opinion John's using. He also used a lot of browbeating and judge not lest ye be judged that I excluded from that because I, I didn't want to give him a platform on my minute. I wanted to see what was the gist of what he was saying. And what he was trying to do from a satanic standpoint is to put a stumbling block in the way of the Christians or in the way of maybe those that are baby Christians, especially. But we're not supposed to put stumbling blocks before our brother. Why would we want to do that? Well, I mean, only a sick sadistic devil would want to do that. Now, sometimes I understand you can do that and not know any better. I'm sure I've done it in times past or whatever, but that guy's doing it on purpose. John Ramirez and people like Benny Hinn and Catherine Kuhlman and Apostle Catherine Crick and all these other devils. They're doing it on purpose. Time Magazine once called her a veritable one-woman shrine of lords. Like the Catholic shrine of lords, yeah, because she was really yoked up with Catholicism. Isn't that funny? She was all yoked up with Catholicism. Benny Hinn comes out with like a priest collar on now. Ah, isn't that weird? Huh. Huh. And, he, and then, then John Ramirez was promoting Mother Teresa. I wonder if that has anything to do with bringing us into a one-world religion under Antichrist and all the Christian denominations putting down their denominational walls and yoking up together and then ultimately yoking up and serving the Antichrist and the beast like the Bible predicts will happen. I don't know. I mean, I'm just thinking out loud a little bit. Okay, so um, Time Magazine once called her a veritable one-woman shrine of lords. Such was the fervor that Catherine Coleman garnered. Wayne E. Warner, in his book, The Woman Behind the Miracles, goes so far as to claim that Catholics would prefer to save money and attend a Catherine Kuhlman crusade than to travel to a Marian shrine. Meaning they would rather go see Catherine Kuhlman than to travel to a Marian, like a Mary in the Bible shrine. That's how popular she was among Catholics. So you can imagine the lukewarm devil gospel unbiblical gospel that she presented at her teachings because she was totally yoked up with the catholic church and this is who benny hinn got his anointing from at least in part this was his mentor oh a woman preaching and i guess that's what he's talking about the woman preaching in stadiums Gather goleman maybe amy Sumble mcpherson oh great examples two witches that were totally out of god's will that were never called to do any of this called by satan but not by god because i mean i got bible to prove that easy i look at the fruit of their ministries to know that that's who John Ramirez is, is you know, relying on. Yeah, when do, but again, what is this? This is just, they don't care about doctrine. And I just gave you all those verses on doctrine. But they don't care. It's all, it's all the heart. It's all appealing to the carnality of the flesh with the Pentecostal stuff. It's where they get you. An experience. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, Jesus said. It's what they're all after. I'm not saying God can't give you a sign, but when that's all you're after and that's the primary way you're motivated, that is not good. Coleman's biographer and friend admitted that she loved her expensive clothes, precious jewels, luxury hotels, and first-class travel. Sounds really biblical to me. Oh, but hold on. 1 John 2.15 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. But she loved her expensive clothes and her precious jewels and her luxury hotels and her first-class travel. Well, the Bible says the love of the Father is not in her or anyone like her. Yet all these preachers fly around in their jets, these big televangelists, raking in the dough. Fleece in the flock. A sucker's born every minute is their motto. They bleed the the last white out mite out of the widow that the Bible talks about, and love it. The love of the father's not in them. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. That's where you want to be. You want to be in that last part of that last verse. Doing the will of God. Are you doing the will of God in your life? Because all of us are are called to something to do for God. He didn't put us here, especially in today's day and age, for no reason. Are you fulfilling your calling? Whatever that may be. I'm not going to judge you. Whatever your calling may be. There's the body of Christ can the finger say to the eye depart of me i have no need of you the bible talks about this the body of christ that they have different functions and they're all important and that we shouldn't you know whatever all that really matters is are you accomplishing whatever god's called you to do with your life because we're not called to sit on our rear ends and just you know do nothing for god and just live a life of carnality and a life of for self we're not none of us are I don't believe that. This is why it's a proven fact. When people say, oh, when I hit whatever, 65, I'm going to retire. And it's a statistical fact that people that go and just live for themselves and do nothing, and they're usually dead within two years. Because there, I do believe, whether you're unsaved or saved, and obviously it would be more biblically applicable to someone who's saved, but when you have no purpose in life, There, I believe there is a shutdown that goes in your body that says, okay, well, I'm going to be chucking out here because there's no purpose in this life. So, they're dead within a couple years. It's a a statistical fact. I've seen whole shows on it. Not all. I'm sure. There's exceptions, I'm sure. But. Anyway, in response to reports that she had a private audience on October 11th, 1972, with Pope Paul VI, one Christian comment read, so she actually had a private audience with the Pope. Okay. One comment read, Catherine Kuhlman was a witch that was accepted by many. Do you suppose that the Pope blessed her for serving Jesus? Of course, it could be that the Antichrist was blessing one of his own servants. Absolutely, 100%. After one meeting with the Pope, she said, when I met Pope Paul, there was oneness. Birds of a satanic feather flocked together. She was with her kind, her people. The Pope and her, their main goal in life, satanically speaking, was to get as many people into hellfire as possible. And they served their lord and master, Satan, very, very well. So, of course, there was oneness. Why wouldn't there be? Let's go further. Mother Teresa was not a Christian, but actually a blasphemous idolater. I'm really stepping on some toes today. Here's a quote from Mother Teresa. She's a Catholic's Catholic. Many praise her for her supposed good works and her Users an example of a model Christian. You will see from the following quotes, though, that Mother Teresa believes that Jesus is a piece of bread and that the Catholic Mary is leading her to Jesus. Mother Teresa is not saved, was never saved. Jesus said that when the blind lead, the blind shall both fall into a ditch. This was, I believe, written when she was still alive. In this quote, she's addressing priests, At and this is Mother Teresa addressing priests, at a worldwide retreat for priests in October of 1984 in... The audience was Pope Paul VI, who we just talked about, at Vatican City. She said, quote, At the word of a priest, that little piece of bread becomes the body of Christ. And they mean the literal body of Christ. It's called transubstantiation. I've done whole teachings on it. Okay, The literal body and blood of Christ. The wine is the literal blood. The piece of bread is the, or the little uh, communion wafer, is... They believe it becomes the literal, not figurative, literal body of Christ. She goes on to say, then you give this bread to us, she's talking to the priests, so that we might too live and become holy. So see, that's with Catholicism. It's never ending. You have to keep going back and getting communion and going to the priest for confession and keeping the seven sacraments and doing all the rigmarole in order to have any hope of being saved. And even then, you're not really saved. You got to get prayed out of purgatory once you die because you're trying to earn your way there the only, the only place you're earning your, yourself into is hellfire that's it okay so she's totally blasphemous okay the context of the next statement yemen the country yemen wanted nuns to help them but had no chapel she said she says quote i explained that i wanted to give them sis them sisters meaning nuns but the trouble with that was without a priest, without Jesus going with them, so the priests bring Jesus, evidently, even though they're evil, typically, our sisters couldn't go anywhere. So, the priests control Jesus, I guess, is the context of this. Ah, okay. Then, she says, I was so struck with the thought that only when the priest is there can we have our altar And our tabernacle and our Jesus. So see, they believe only when a priest is there can you even have any hope of ever reaching Jesus. No, you go to Jesus. There's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. We go directly to Jesus. Through the Father. I mean, the Bible's super clear. The Lord's prayer prayed this way. Our Father who art in heaven, how would be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done okay that's a that's a that's an example of a template for prayer this is the same thing about a priest intervening or mary intervening there's none of that but she's so she's in such a blasphemous mind frame that she says only when the priest is there can we have our altar and our tabernacle and our jesus that is blasphemy The pedophile priesthood of the Catholic church. Okay, right. Then she goes on to say, only the priest can put Jesus there for us. Jesus wants to go there, but he cannot bring, but we cannot bring him unless you, meaning you, the priest, give him, unless you first give him to us. So the priest gives Jesus to the priest. The lowly laity in the congregations. So Jesus is powerless without the priest, according to her. This is how sick in the head she was. Still talking to the priest, she says, This is one of the reasons you are called another Christ. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're called another Christ. And really, Christ is the real Christ, according to them, is dependent upon the pedophile priesthood to bring him To the altar and to bring them to the people at the church. Oh, okay. No Bible for any of it. The definition of Antichrist is a false Christ. There is only one Jesus. All else are imposters. I make no apologies for loudly proclaiming that this is not my Jesus. This is the guy writing the article. This is not the Jesus of the Bible. Look at what Mother Teresa said about Mary in the same speech. She goes on to say, quote, let us ask mary to be our mother no bible for any of that none no bible for us praying to mary at all anywhere let us ask mary to be our mother guiding us and protecting us no bible for that at all at all she is always leading us to jesus no bible for that whatsoever yeah but when when does that matter in the catholic church Okay, I'm, I'm just about out of time here, so I've really got to... Oh, boy. I'm going to try to get through this. My previous teaching, Rome pushing mother the world... And I'm just going to really go through this quick because I'm almost out of time. Rome pushing mother of the world status for Mary, goddess, and the darkness of Mother Teresa. And this basically... I, I give you... The, I'm not even going to read you this. If you want to know more about Rome pushing mother of the world status for Mary, just... I'll give you this. Read this because I'm not going to have enough time to get into all this. Um... And, but this is a previous teaching I did in 2007 where I actually started talking about Mother Teresa and this whole Mary thing. Um, it talks about apparitions of Mary and all this other garbage. And then another teaching I did from... March eighteenth, two 2012, Part 2, where Mother Teresa is exposed again, and then I get into Paul Crouch and the Catholics and the Voice of the Martyrs, how they support Catholicism, and Pat Robinson, how he supports Catholicism, and Robert Shuler, how he supports Catholicism. There's another teaching on that that i give you the link for. Now, I'm going to try to get through this because um, um, this is all kind of tied together. This Passion Translation of the Bible that we mentioned earlier. Uh, it promotes the new apostolic reformation that, that John Ramirez said that we should be reading if we really want to get our theology right. Okay. This blasphemous. The, um, what is the Passion uh translation? In um it, It's the most the most important problem with the Passion Translation of the Bible is that is actually found in its name specifically the term translation in truth the passion translation is a reworded rewritten bible apparently intended to support a particular strain of theology if the same material was marketed as commentary or a study guide it would still be concerning as it is though the passion translation cannot on- honestly be called a translation or even a paraphrase it goes beyond the idea of translation and reimagines the bible as one human author thinks it ought to be written one dude this is what i think again there is a way which seemeth right unto a man but the end there of the ways of death the passion translation is primarily work of a single author brian simmons he has a long track record uh as a missionary and evangelist part of his success has been developing translations of scripture for people who with no bibles in their own language however any translation completed completed by a single person raises all questions of accountability yeah there is there is none In this case, such efforts are far more prone to personal preferences. As it turns out, the Passion Translation of the Bible not only reflects Simmons' new apostolic reformation or NAR theology, oh, imagine that, but it appears to be deliberately written in order to promote it. Well, of course. And the Frequently Asked Passion Translation website makes several concerning remarks about the translation process. It says that the meaning of a passage took priority over the form of the original words hmm well second peter one twenty says knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation but evidently it is to this uh wonderful brian simmons guy he had the private interpretation for the whole bible and wrote his version of it that just so happened to promote it, the um horrible theology of nar or new apostolic reformation which is taking you know sweeping over the uh Televangelism and TBNs and these types of things. I've talked a lot about it. You can key it in. Then it goes on to say about the translation process. Sometimes in order to communicate the correct intended meaning, words needed to be changed. Oh, really? Wow. Whereas Revelation 22, 18 says, For I testify in every every man that heareth the works of this prop the words of this prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, add unto the books, add unto the words of Really, the Bible, but also Revelation. God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And then the next verse: And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life. That means you, you go to hell. Okay, so it's a pretty serious thing. You don't take, especially taken away. Uh, Well, do you realize the NIV has about 64,098 less words than the the KJV, which is almost 10% of the total text. So they've taken away almost 10% of the total words of the KJV. Well, according to this, whoever did that, and one of them was a uh, rabid lesbian called Virginia Molenkot on the NIV Translation Committee. I I doubt she ever had any part in the book of life, but you know, that's, you're out of there. I will, take, I will take his part out of the book of life, out of the holy city, and from the things that are written in this book. And then it goes on to say that the Passion Translation is more in favor of prioritizing God's original message, whatever they perceive that to be, over the literal meaning. Oh, good. Well, I'm really glad that all these unbiblical parameters were laid in place in order for you to put out this garbage. Again, Proverbs 14, 12 and sixteen twenty There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs 28, 26, he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10, the heart is, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Uh, that was just first 9. And then Proverbs 18, 2, all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. I mean, he in his own heart probably thinks he's doing the right thing, but you know, he's not. And also 1 Corinthians 14, God is not the author of confusion. Ending, it says, in other words, the Passion Translation of the Bible is not about finding corresponding words in different languages or presenting original words in a new language. The above comments imply that the Bible does not mean what it says, and so it needs to be changed to say what it should say, according to whatever devil's doing this. This is not an unfair assessment on our part, as the passages in the Passion Translation of the Bible show extreme tampering with the text. So thank you, John Ramirez, for giving that wonderful recommendation, among all the other evil, wicked things you said in that little Facebook rant. All right, that's all I have for part one. So God bless you and see you in part two.